Welcome everyone to my new podcast uh, with me, Dan from Adventure More UK. Um, Catch on the flip side. Now, firstly, I just want to say uh, the reason why it's called Catch on the Flip Side is, um, as most people know, uh, I was in the military for eight years and one of my best friends who sadly passed away uh, during my time in the military, uh, that was actually his last words that he said to me before he left uh, and passed away. Uh, so I thought it was kind of fitting for him to uh, to be involved in my future, you know, future projects, etc. So that's why that is. Now, my first guest today, uh, an absolute legend, absolute uh, master of the beard game, is an endurance athlete, is an adventurer. The man is Mr. Sean Conway. How are you, my friend? Ah, uh, I've been out bearded. I've been out bearded. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, like I said before, uh, it's um, it's been something I've been growing for quite a while. Uh, I get a lot of questions, people asking me, like, oh, you've been growing it for a long time, etc." But I, I feel like it's probably the same situation with you. I didn't necessarily go out to grow it. It literally, you know, I started off with a bit of a bit of a five o'clock shadow. Got a bit longer and a bit longer, a bit longer. And, and I've kind of just gone with it um yeah it's kind of cool obviously as you can i've got no hair on my head so i might as well turn my head upside down and might as well make the most of it <laughs> yeah might as well might as well um no so for people that don't know um you actually were born in zimbabwe weren't you i was yeah i was born in zimbabwe to english and irish uh sort of families dad sides irish mom sides english and um Yes, spent my childhood in Africa, which was pretty phenomenal way to grow up, to be honest. And moved to South Africa when we were quite young. Okay. And um, yeah, then eventually, oh gosh, it actually it happened. It was like two weeks ago. I've now lived in the UK longer than I lived in South Africa. So, oh. but not longer than I lived in Africa. <laughs> so that oh, okay. date's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, uh, oh. Yeah, because um, I I spent a bit of time. Uh, I've I've looked at Zimbabwe from across the pond in uh, across the Zambezi, in uh, Zambia. Oh yeah, a few okay. about five six years ago, I spent a bit of time in Zambia. Uh, so I've seen Zimbabwe uh, near where Devil Falls is. Yeah, um, yeah, nice. So it's um, not De- yeah, it is Devil Falls uh, up where Victoria National Park is. Um, yeah, so yeah. I spent a bit of time there. Um, obviously for some people that don't know you grew up basically uh with a game ranger fa- uh, father didn't you great you know so adventure was pretty much on it was pretty, uh, inevitable really like for, for yourself yeah i mean it was unlikely i was gonna have a desk job really um dad is a, a rhino conservationist so mm. you know in the early days that was getting on horseback and you know patrolling fence lines and you know, managing anti-poaching units, ground units, and that sort of thing. Now it's a lot more advanced, you know, it's it's drones and things like that, right? So, um, but yeah, you know, growing up, it was, you know, living in the middle of the bush, no electricity. Well, we had electricity, but we had like two hours in the morning and then four hours in the evening um, yeah. of electricity. And then the rest of the time, you know, it's just living with candles. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's when the generator worked you know so uh yeah but, yeah uh, but that was just normal for us like which i didn't know any different it's just like oh well you know what's, oh, exactly you know, radio, um, radio and tv wasn't a thing you know 
no exactly exactly um i know for instance when i was in australia um on, a couple of years ago uh, a friend of mine he did the same you know you're talking about technology and stuff like that he uh he actually was a qualified pilot and obviously out there they have they have um ranches bigger than wales you know just in in middle of the northern territory so he used to just instead of using you know a quad bike or etc he used to just use a helicopter which which is just unbelievable it's yeah you know, no I, yeah we used to get well we didn't get around in airplanes and helicopters but certainly some of the remote bush camps um where there was anti-poaching units stationed uh, yeah jumping in a helicopter and going to one of those is is what my dad used to do and, and also you know when you had to go when you heard a gunshot at night usually when it's full moon a lot of poachers poach at full moon so they don't need head torches and things um you know you hear a gunshot and then first light you in the helicopter going to have a look and you know once or twice i would you know get to to go in the helicopter with my dad when i was a kid and you know that was great you know going in a helicopter wearing the headphones and yeah it's just experiences i didn't know until now that i've got a child got a son that it was just you know shaped my life really yeah yeah exactly um so as i say i've been i've obviously spent a lot of time in the military myself uh in you know a lot of my time i spent in uh around helicopters probably a little bit different but um yeah. it's uh, it's quite an experience it's uh, it's a bit better than a roller coaster i would say um yeah, yeah I, I i quite enjoy it um now obviously as I mentioned, obviously when we talk about you coming from Zimbabwe, you moved here, I believe, in 2002. Is that, is that right? Correct. Yeah. 11th of February, 2002. Yeah. Wow. I remember yeah. it well. It was yeah. cold and wet. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's not much different now, to be honest with you. It's still the same. It doesn't seem to change much. Um, yeah. Now, when you came over here, um, obviously you spent uh, a lot of time uh, doing being you know adventurous in your in Zimbabwe and in South Africa as you say um now did you find it a bit difficult to sort of adapt to coming over to the UK really because you spent a lot of time around London and is it Cambridge ex area yeah so when I to sort of afford my flight ticket here um I pretty much sold everything I had in South Africa you know I had a, a little tiny car um and oh, a bicycle and I can't remember, but basically I sold everything just to afford uh, the plane ticket. And on top of that, I had a hundred pounds left over. So I came to the UK pretty much with a hundred pounds in my wallet, landed up in a cabbage factory or a lettuce or a salad factory, cutting cabbages and lettuces um, for your pre-mixed salads you buy in the supermarket. So I was just yeah. in a long convey yeah. belt factory. And it was, you know, you're traveling. I was 20 years old. It just was part of the fun, right? I did that yeah. to save enough money to move to London to pursue my my sort of career in photography, which is what I was really interested in. And then, you know, you said, did I find it difficult? N not really, because in my headspace, I was traveling. And this was going to be my gap year of traveling um, after university. But, you know, I didn't have any money to have a proper travel year. So it was more just like a working year, like let's go work abroad for a couple of years um so you just you just do whatever and you you put it in the sort of life experience well this is just traveling box of life right yeah. um yeah it's, but i it's think kind had of like i a, moved yeah oh, God, sorry. i was gonna i was gonna say had i moved here 
with the intention of of just going straight into starting a, a real life and a new life mm. probably would have found that quite difficult um, yeah. mainly only because of the, the temperature change when you grow up when it's 35 degrees you know all the time to all of a sudden being cold yeah. and rainy I, I would have found that hard i think yeah no definitely um like obviously it's kind of like it's a means to an end isn't it like to, to obviously as a lot of people in in the adventure sort of world or traveling world will understand that uh you've, you've got to basically you have to work hard to make your money money like i think there's a quote from yourself is if you ask uh, you're never going to get a million pound from one person but you might get a pound from a million people I think, yeah that well that's that was john about? john Pop, yeah john Paul yeah. getty he famously said that and um yeah you know with any big project any big ideas whether it's starting your own business doing a startup mm. trying to you know get into sport an endurance sport to pull off a big expedition you know you're gonna have to rely on the the kindness um of of other companies to, to sort of get you funding and, and that sort of thing and, and get sponsorship and then maybe sell a few books at the end of it so like in any sport when you're working your way up the food chain um it's tough in any sport you know even even olympians mm. who aren't in the main traditional sort of popular events as as i yeah. say it as it were even they're struggling for funding now and they're olympic you know i know olympic gold medalists in sort of some other you know i hate to say sideline sports because all sports i think are, are yeah. equal but let's say some of the ones that don't get as much airtime as they should you know they're really struggling you know and it's just for me it's baffling like you're an olympic gold medalist you know this yeah, is, yeah. It should be but yeah, yeah all it is you know sport relies almost entirely on some form of sponsorship whether it's national lottery uk sport or private companies helping helping people and you know all sports people can't thank those companies enough and organizations and and for for helping anyone get into sport really yeah exactly um now that kind of brings me on to my your sort of well onto your first adventure now i believe your first adventure was your cycling britain for your john lands and john O'Groats, or lands land stars yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, my land uh, start land start now John obviously o, John went, o end. yeah yeah exactly exactly um, and you obviously started that with no experience no money as you say and you didn't actually have a bike really in, until was it a number of weeks before you started yeah so originally i actually wanted to walk it because okay. i had some time off i had a month off and well, firstly, I just wanted to go away for a month because in photography, it's pretty quiet in the winter time. So, you know, usually my business partner and I used to take a month off at different times of year. And April was sort of my time because April is my birthday and uh, birthday month. And um, yeah, so I thought, well, what can I do in a month that would be fun? And I was looking at, you know, going to Nepal and all these other places and um, for a whole month. And I was like, oh, I can't quite afford that and I just spent a lot of money the year before going to Tibet and and Nepal and India anyway and I so I really knew how expensive going abroad was going to be um I spent all my budget that year um so I think I mean I think I had I mean I want to say about 800 pounds maybe that I'd Mm. saved to go to go away for a whole month and so if I flew anywhere 
and needed accommodation anywhere, you know, that budget's not going to last a month, right? And no, at the no, same no. time, my flat, my yeah, my flatmate was like, "Oh, have you been to the Peak District?" And I said, "No." And have you been to the Lake District? No. Have you been to Scotland? Uh, Edinburgh? Does that count? <laughs> um, and it, it became acutely, you know, obvious that I had not really explored the island I lived on, and. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, let me, oh, maybe I could walk Land's Edge on a road. So then I looked at the reality of, you know, 900 miles to try and do that in a month is 30 miles a day and carrying yeah. a pack. I was like, yeah, I'm not fit, fit enough. So why yeah. don't I instead spend a month cycling it? And yeah. um, and that was, yeah, about a month maybe before I left. I went on eBay, bought a bike that was way too big for me. Mm. I'm a size 52 frame, really, which is tiny. I'm, a, I'm really short. Um, yeah. and, uh, I bought a 62 frame bike, which is yeah. like extra, extra large. <laughs> so my handlebars, I was like, could almost barely reach each end of the handlebars. I was cycling <laughs> along looking like an idiot, but I don't know well, any difference. So, yeah. so it's great. No, like, so as you say, it took you a month. Um, obviously we're no experience, like don't get me wrong. That, that is good. I, I've done some cycling in the past now. My cycling experience is probably a lot different now. Um, you know James Ketchell? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I, yeah. I did a little bit of cycling with him when he did, he circumnavigated our great country. Uh, he yeah, came up yeah. Back where I live in the uh, north of England. And right. uh, I, I joined him for about 35 miles or so uh, on my right. really inexpensive uh, bog standard bike. Probably too big or too small like I, i'm not a cyclist it was just something i found nice and cheap and yeah, yeah I, I like you know there's a few things i'll talk about later in a bit but like what what kind of mileage were you covering in that in sort of per day in in that time oh gosh like i think 50 miles was a big day for me yeah um i had such a heavy setup i think i remember once going down a dual carriageway the wrong direction so i went wrong the wrong oh, way down your oh. carriageway and so i had to cross over cross over the middle barriers and i yeah, actually yeah. i couldn't even lift my bike up so i had to take yeah. the, all the panniers off yeah lift the bike over put the panniers over and then put all the panniers back on because the bike was just way oh. too heavy <laughs> so yeah. yeah i mean i want to say 50 kgs but maybe it was more like 40 wow. but that's heavy i mean considering when i went around the world I had a all-in 15 kgs, so bike, panniers, food. Yeah, yeah, food. that's so. crazy. Again, it's just it's just learning from experience, really, isn't it? And just giving it a go. Yeah, I, and then and also back then, 2008, um, mm. there was no smartphones, so I had paper versions of everything. I had a paper yeah. road map book. I had a paper uh, a whole um, Great Britain Lonely Planet book. I had a camping yeah. guidebook, and I actually had a book that I was reading, an actual paper book, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, one, of, one of my panniers was 3kgs just of paper. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that is, that's, uh, yeah, I, for me, as I say, cycling is not something I'm quite good at, I would say. I'm, I'm more on the swimming side of it, but uh, that's something I obviously we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Now, after you're cycling Britain, obviously, it took you a month to do that. Bearing in mind at the time, the uh, I think it still is the record is about forty. Is it forty-one hours or something like that? That's crazy. For cycling, it is now forty-four. Cycling, sorry, 41 yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was 40, 
four hours. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's now 41 hours, which is phenomenal. It is. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty good. Now, after that, is it after that you went to Kilimanjaro? Gosh, I forget the, the dates now. Yeah, I think so. I think the, this, what the cycle did for me was made me realize I wasn't spending enough time challenging myself physically. Mm. And yeah. so I kind of got this bug then to just do, just challenge myself. So, you know, doing the cheese rolling yeah. uh, in Gloucester yeah. and then climbing Kilimanjaro dressed as a penguin to raise money for, yeah, for yeah. charity, you know. And I think that was definitely the start of it all, really. The sort of, I, I, th I think I need, well, I, I now know I need, but then I was sort of toying with this concept of, I need physical goals in my life to lead a healthier, happier. No, I hate throwing throwing the word happy out there. I think yeah. putting happiness as a concept on a pedestal is not a, not a good idea. Yeah, but just yeah. being feeling more fulfilled, I think, is, is yeah, no, that, important for me. You know, uh, yeah. There's a um, there's a saying. It's a, it's a quote from uh, there's a old uh, South African uh, rugby player, Yus uh, van der Vesterhazen. You remember him? Yes, yeah, yeah, rest yeah. in peace. What a guy. Yeah, he was yeah. my hero growing up. Yeah, man. exactly. I am I unfortunately never got to meet him, but I know uh, I've done a lot of work with a charity of uh, someone who's he's one of his good friends from that team uh back in ninety five. Uh mm. through the rugby sort of side of it, because I'm big into rugby. Um and I think he's saying was uh life is not measured by uh time lived. Uh, it's create uh, measured by uh, memories created or something along those lines, uh, which I think yeah. is a great quote. Um, now, obviously, uh, with uh, you saying about, you mentioned it just before about your cheese rolling. Now, I know you've talked about this before in previous interviews and stuff or podcasts about you. <laughs> obviously, you've probably done some quite some significant damage into your shoulder. Uh, but again, it's an experience, isn't it? It's, I, I believe you say it's the best 23 seconds of your life. It was phenomenal, and yeah. uh, and that hill. If anyone's been to the cheese rolling hill in Gloucester, it is a million times steeper than you think it is. You you genu genuinely can't even walk down it. You you're just sliding. Yeah. It's almost like a slide. Um, and oh yeah, I came second. It's gutted. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know you went. I got. I'm actually looking as we speak. In fact, I'm gonna grab it. Off the wall, yeah, just literally there it is. That is oh, that's uh, awesome. my Cooper's Hill cheese rolling and weight 2009. I came second in the downhill race. That's it's framed amazing. the certificate on my wall here in my office. <laughs> I'm probably most proud of that certificate out of anything. <laughs> I, 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 I've seen some footage from people doing that over the years. Like, obviously, it, for people who don't know, it's like 200 or over 200 years old the tradition, isn't it? Yeah, so originally I believe it was sort of, I think you used to wrestle the cheese at the bottom as well, I think, oh, really? um, because no one beats the cheese because the cheese, by the, by the t time the cheese got to the bottom, it's doing 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, so I think it was sort of your, if you won that, if you got the cheese, you were sort of, you were the king of the king of Gloucester or whatever <laughs> you could, you know, all of a sudden you were a very attractive male, uh, for all the ladies in town. Apparently <laughs> this was, uh, this was pre beard as well. 
<laughs> this is pre-beard. This is when I still had my full-time career as a school portrait photographer. Yeah, and yeah. And beards and, yeah, weren't, weren't a thing back back for me yet anyway <laughs> no no exactly that's uh that's something that comes later later on now in f- the f- february i think believe in tw- 2012 you that's when you started you cycle around the world wasn't it that's uh that was a big, yes. big challenge now, yeah so that was the beginning of my new life as i call it yeah that was kind of like the thing that would i, I believe myself would say would set you on the map of of a you know an adventurer as i'd say an endurance athlete um yes and no um mm. many people have cycled around the world and not yeah. chosen to kind of go and become an adventurer i'd, I'd say in inverted commas mm. um doing doing the world record which was up which is what i was attempting in 2012 somewhat puts you in that category but then there was nine of us in that race um and and I, I'm the only one currently now who's gone on to do other other types of of adventure challenges. Yep. Mark Beaumont, of course, sort of yep, led yep. the way in that. I think he inspired a lot of people, including me, when I saw him, you know, do his round the world cycle, um, which is around the same time I did my Lands End John O'Groats cycle. Although yep. I didn't know Mark was doing his at all, I only found out about Mark's one after he had done it. Yeah, um, but I yeah. got super excited about that. I was like, whoa. And then I saw, you know, all of a sudden I saw that he was getting opportunities to do other stuff. And I was like, whoa, I mean, what a life Mark is leading. You know, he gets to go. Yeah, I mean, he spends a lot of time being miserable like I do now, cold yeah. and wet and hungry and tired. But um, it just seemed like on the outside, like such a cool way to spend your the short time you have on this planet. And then... Yeah. Um, yeah, so but I had no real intentions of of that cycle being anything other than a one-off opportunity for me to cycle around the world. Yeah, basically. so you, you obviously know, there was no, you wasn't really intending for it to go anywhere from that. It was just sort of a personal sort of achievement for yourself. Exactly that. Exactly, and in fact, even when I finished, I moved back in with my mum in a mm. in her one-bedroom flat in Cheltenham. Yeah. I went straight to the job centre, signed on, tried to look for work, you know, did the whole thing, did, went back into real world, you know. I was on, you know, Job Seekers Allowance, just trying to yeah. get work in photography jobs, trying to get work in bike shops. So I'd cycled around the world. I thought, well, I kind of know a thing or two about bikes now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so for like phew, six months solid, I was just trying, trying into, you know, not even getting interviews, but just applying for loads of different jobs around sort of Cheltenham and Gloucester and even London. And yeah. for, there was a couple of bike charities that were national. Yeah. And yeah, yeah tried anything. I was like, I'll move anywhere. Just, I need a job. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, got nothing. And then after six months, you know, my mum was annoyed at having a 31 year old living on her sofa. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not saying I, anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was annoying for her, you know, like just like, yeah. you know, so actually I then thought, well, I managed to sort of get funding to cycle around the world and mm. my sponsors were super supportive when I got run over in America and that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe I could think of another challenge and then at least I would get me out of the house for six months, basically. Yeah. That was... And that's what led me onto the swim. And that's what yeah. I thought of the swim. 
Yeah, well, like you, you did mentioned you, you, the accident. Uh, obviously, uh, you were involved in quite a quite a, a, a horrendous accident. Really, was it um, a, a sleeper? Uh, well, a driver who fell asleep at the wheel, I believe. No, 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 he, was it? no. He right. was. He didn't fall no. asleep. He was. He was just speeding and on his phone. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And you know, to be fair to him, I was cycling on a road you would never in a million years dream of cycling on. Um, yeah. But how was I to know? I'm just following a yellow line on a map. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. It was dark. It was early. You know, he he's driven that road his whole life and never seen one cyclist. So yeah. you know, why yeah. how would why would you expect there to be one at yeah. five fifty on a Thursday morning? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't hold any grudges to him. He stopped. He called the police and everything. So I just got unlucky. You know, it's just yeah. It's just one. Like you say, you you obviously, I believe you got took in by a family and they looked after you very well. Yeah, Martin and yeah, Martin and Missy Carey. Yeah, yeah. Martin was actually Welsh. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he looked, he looked after me, and they uh, nursed me back to health and bought me a new bike and allowed me to carry on cycling around the world which is amazing with with um i believe well with your neck brace and <laughs> uh, compression fractures in your spine yeah compression fracture t11 whatever that means um, yeah. it also a bit like my cheese rolling shoulder whenever those two start hurting mm. it means i know i need to sort of do a bit more core exercises and go to the gym a bit <laughs> or do some yeah it's, it's also a good story um Tell in the pub, isn't it really? Well, that's all life's about, right? Just yeah, exactly. Pub, pub stories, so yeah, exactly. Now, you mentioned just before about your swimming. Um, now it's something I at the time, I, 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 I'll be honest, I was one of them people who probably thought you're crazy because I've been following you for quite a long time for quite a number of years, and a lot of people probably said the same thing, didn't they? They were like, that is not possible, it's never going to happen, and Obviously, I think you had a lot of pe- uh, a lot of problems trying to convince people that it was possible, didn't you? Yeah, swimming the length of Britain back in so this is twenty twenty thirteen, yeah. um, end of twenty twelve is when I was sort of toying with the idea, hmm. and I started middle of twenty thirteen, which was a year after I finished cycling around the world. Um, so when whenever you put a big idea out there. There's actually, for the most part, I truly believe that now you'll get mostly support from people. Mm. But unfortunately, it's easy to sort of go to tell everyone, oh, people said, no, I couldn't do it. But actually, yeah. if you look through the comments, there'll be, you know, 95 people said, brilliant, well done, how can I help? And five say, no, it's rubbish, you're an idiot. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's yeah. easy to go, oh, people said I couldn't do it. Look at these five people. Yeah. It's like, come on, you know, it's not real. So the swim was was... But the swim, I have to say, was different to that. So, yes, there were people, there were a lot of people who said, wow, this is awesome. But that's all they said because there's nowhere else they could do anything other than just say, well, you know, this is great. Because no one could give me advice. So it's not like they could say, oh, brilliant, well, I can help you because of this, because of that, because no one really knew how to advise me. Um, And then, but there were a lot of people who said, we were just like you're an idiot. You can't do it. And then, and then a lot of people. So this is sort of. It wasn't pre-Twitter. Twitter was around, but certainly mm. people were emailing me instead. Really sending yeah, me long yeah. emails about why it couldn't be done. Um, and you know they had they had legitimate concerns. You know the weather, yeah. 
you, you know, the weather's it's too cold, the wind is too strong, the tides are too strong, the water's yeah. freezing, there's big whirlpools, there's, you know, killer whales, you know, all these things. Um, but nothing suggested it wasn't possible. I really did my research. And actually, it was kind of fuel for the fire um, when hearing all this sort of these naysayers kind of really helped me. Yeah. But I think what I wasn't so bothered about people going, ah, oh, you, there's no way you can do it. It's impossible. You're an idiot. Like that, that didn't bother me. No, what was more frustrating is there were some people who could have given me advice who just kind of said, well, it's, I'm, it's wasting my time. So I'm not going to bother. I think it's, yeah. you know, that's cool, uh, but like, you know, and that, and that was just finding out about, you know, tides and currents and water temperature and swimming technique. And yeah, I've got some advice here and there, but when I put stuff out on the internet on like, I find, you know, sailing forums and I'd put a post out about, you know, what's it like. And then, you know, all the good advice would just get buried and just people going, you're yeah, an idiot. It's, it's impossible to I'm, sail it in one season. I'm like, no, it's not. I have the sailing record. It's 84 <laughs> hours. <laughs> so come on. <laughs> yeah. And I, see, I, I normally work with, kids uh in my normal job sort of before covid came around and i always say to kids like like for me personally uh, i always say to people don't um don't go out there to prove people wrong i always go out there to prove myself right i don't know if that's something yeah. you can relate to but that's something i always say because end of the day like you say there's a lot of people who are quite negative especially nowadays with social media there's you know all it takes is a click of a button and the problem is like hopefully it's a lot of people, well, most people do nowadays is they'll see, like you say, say a hundred comments of positivity. They'll see that one, two, five comments of negativity and they'll just concentrate on that five, then five comments. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's unfortunate that that's the way we are at the moment in this day and age. But as I say, obviously you went and did it. Uh, it took you 135 days. And, and that was actually a very important time in your life uh, because that was when you grew your beard. <laughs> yeah yeah the anti-jellyfish protection beard as i called it yeah. Back then. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the beard just physically stopped my face getting stung from jellyfish yeah yeah i can't but, say i've uh, been i've never been stung by a jellyfish i, I don't think anyway i can't not that i can remember even as a kid uh, no, you, would, I, you would remember trust me it's yeah not very, it's I, not I, i've been told by a lot of people um now Obviously, 135 days uh, at sea is quite a long time. Um, now, obviously, you had a team. Was it four? Well, you and three others, was it, I believe? Yeah. 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 Myself and three others, yeah. Yeah. So uh, how, how did that go? Obviously, because social media was, I will not say new, but it was relatively new. Like, how did you get to, you know, bring people on to you and convince people to come and join you? I was surprised how easy it was. <laughs> really? I put a few, yeah. I put a few tweets out. I mean, I think back then I maybe had 500 Twitter followers maybe, which was, you know, yeah. for me, it was huge. I was like, brilliant. That's mm. great. Put a few tweets out. Um, and a magazine wrote, wrote an art. They saw a tweet and then ran a little tiny little advert, not advert, just a bit of an editorial going, Oh, and by the way, if you've got next summer off, you want to fancy jumping on a boat with a guy pretending to, you know, pretending to be a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, yeah, just, you know, apply here. And actually, I had about 40 applicants. Oh, really? Wow. 
I mean, I jazzed it up. It was like, oh, you um, you want to have an all-expenses-paid summer vacation on a yacht going up <laughs> the West Coast? Sounds like, a, <laughs> sounds, like some, sounds like some sort of like 90s American advert. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just that's you just find people who who were excited about the idea, who yeah. just you know, I believed would stay with me if, if the chips went down and wouldn't bail. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we met a few, I met a few people and then went on a bit of a team building weekend with the crew just to make sure we all got on yeah. at the beginning. Um, yeah. the one thing I didn't ask anyone, which I totally forgot was, uh, do you suffer from seasickness? <laughs> because uh, we, yeah, were all, yeah. I, we were all, uh, we were all seasick on that. day one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been seasick many times. I, I When I was in the military, I sailed around the Caribbean, um, as, as you do. Uh, it was something I was luckily able to do. Uh, I got to go to some places where, you know, you can't, re- you can't even ex- access them by, uh, you know, by planes or anything like that. So I was quite fortunate. But uh, as you say, like I, I thought I'd be all right. I think I'd be all right, you know. Um, I've been on ferries before. I've been, I've been, you know, Dover to, to Calais many a time, but it's completely different, isn't it? It's completely different. Uh, I I get it swimming even. I get it so bad. It's so really, yeah. <laughs> it's something you can't wife, help. Yeah, my wife and I dream of one day buying a a yacht, like selling everything and buying a mm. yacht and sailing around the world. But uh, yeah, that that yeah. would be amazing. Uh, that would definitely be something. Uh, like imagine that that's like the dream, isn't it? Really. Yeah, that'd be great. As long um, as you're not seasick the whole time. <laughs> no, I think you get used to it though. Like I, I got, I was out there for three weeks, and not, not obviously nowhere near as long as yourself. But I got used to it after a, probably a week or so, maybe the week. Okay. You get used to it. Um, now, obviously, you've done, you did that. Now, do you, you know, you know Ross Edgley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how, how would you feel about Ross when he did his? Uh, swim but yeah yeah route yeah amazing i mean i always knew he would do it um yeah of any people to do a whole lap he was the guy you know he's a super strong he's really on top of his nutrition which i think is Mm. is basically it really i think yeah it's it's an eating based exercise almost um and you know when you've when you've got a bit of extra funding you can get a bigger boat which makes means yeah. you sleep better and, and you can anchor quick, you know, you can get into a safe anchorage quicker. Um, and you know, if you, with all those and the fact he's just a monster. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's amazing. So, um, yeah, yeah. He was always, he was always gonna, gonna be the guy that if I had to hedge my bets on someone doing it, yeah, he was going to be it really. Cause I know Ross for, for quite a while. Actually, I met him, way was just after i finished the swim actually yeah um i might have even been before to be honest i can't yeah. remember Can we did a tough me, tough mother together me. you know what no weirdly oh. i was what well, so i was doing my triad my across europe bike ride at the time mm. and so i only heard about it once he had started um uh and yeah, so yeah, she didn't ask me for any advice. I gave it to him anyway. Oh, I was messaging him. <laughs> he was like, oh, my tongue's falling off because of the salt water. So I'd be like, work on your breathing technique, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that was something. It was, yeah, horrible. Absolutely horrible. 
Um, so now the next one thing um, I want to come on to now is is I think when a lot of people started recognizing you because you, you were known as the British Forest Gump, basically. So when you did your run in Britain, so again, you've just swam, cycled, uh, Land's End, John O'Gropes. And obviously you must have thought, well, what else do I need to do now? I might as well run it. There's nothing else yeah. to do. I think anyone with a beard doing anything running based gets called Forest Gump, to be honest. I think Unless I wasn't the first, <laughs> and I'm probably not going to be the last. <laughs> um, yeah, the run was great. Running, you know, there's not many, strangely, there's not many people who've run and cycled Land's End to John O'Groats. Um, yeah. Fiona Quinn has walked it and cycled it. And, and then when I went online, there might have been one or two others. But actually, it's pretty, it's a pretty rare club um, yeah. to, to just run and cycle, you know, until Ross, if Ross decides to run and, sw- and um, yeah. cycle it, he'll be the only other person who's done all three. So I'm still the only person to have done all three um, because no one else has done the swim except for Ross. So, but even just take the swim out of it because that's kind of bonkers. And, there's, yeah. you know, I don't expect anyone to be doing that anytime soon. Um, just to do the cycle and the run or a walk is pretty rare. And I think it's such a unique experience, you know, doing the two different disciplines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually took you two attempts, didn't it? Like you got injured on, is it injured your knee on the first, the first attempt? Yeah. The first attempt I was taking a selfie while doing a video selfie while running and tripped on a rock and that didn't, it didn't injure me immediately. I kind of carried on running on it for another hundred miles, I think. Um, so it was, well, it would have been right. another three three days, really. Um, and but yeah, it was just it, it was enough. I should have if I just rested for a day, maybe maybe two days, I would have been fine. But I carried on yeah. running. I then got to drum the drocket uh, at Loch Ness and oh, spent three days there trying to recover, yeah. and then. It just was, it, it, I just caused not irreparable damage, but damage that would be like two or three weeks to heal. Yeah. So I just had to bail, unfortunately. And then it was winter, yeah. so I had to wait out and attempt the yeah. following year again. I think, I think, yeah, sometimes, obviously, you, your brain obviously tells you just to keep going sometimes, but sometimes you have to listen to your body, don't you? And just, and, and make, make sure you don't do any, like you say, any future long-term dam- damage, so... Yeah, and it's quite yeah. difficult coming going from cycling to running. Mm. You just so easy get injured because cycling you can kind of go all day and you just might get tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I slid my cycling brain on, and then you know I just wasn't prepared enough and didn't didn't train enough um, really, and yeah, just went to pot unfortunately. And then yeah, sometimes you just got to you know trust your body and listen to your body, and there's no point in you know pushing on and having long-term pla- long-term damage which will affect all your other big ideas you know yeah exactly and that's you just got to look after yourself really um mm-hmm. now whilst you were running um uh you received was it a tweet from uh your good old friend uh matt matt, matt, was it matt? pritchard yeah matt pritchard <laughs> yeah i i obviously most people who, who, who don't know who matt matt is is one one fourth of the uh members of uh dirty sanchez um, he is. I, he I, is. I, I follow him on social media. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find it great how he's now like, I won't say changed his life around, but obviously, as people have watched the show, he was a bit of an animal that, you know, he used to do a lot, yeah. of, a lot of things. And now he's completely changed and 
turns around and he's really into his health and he's done quite a few Ironmans and stuff like that. Yeah, um, he's, he's got a v- vegan cookbook. He has a vegan cooking yeah. show as well, Dirty Vegan. Yeah. It's great to see yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he's got this sort of personality where he burns candles at both ends and in the middle. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he was using that energy to mess up his life, you will admit, you know, during the Dirty Sanchez era yeah. of just drinking too much and partying too hard. And then he yeah. just realized that one day he just needed to shift where he focused that energy and he just got it focused into into triple, double Ironmans, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's phenomenal. I think he still has the world record for the most half Ironmans done in yeah, a row. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching him. Uh, he, I think, yeah, it was, was it, I can't remember, it was a certain amount of half Ironmans in a, in, you know, consecutively. Yeah, 30, he did 30 in a row, yeah, and I yeah. went and joined him for one of them yeah, in yeah. Wales, and um, I believe that record's still there, I'm, I'm not sure, I mean... Yeah, I've, um, I've not seen anything that's you know, any different, but... Yeah, and now, now he's vegan, and he's got this amazing cooking show, Dirty yeah, Vegan. It, yeah, he's um, great. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, he tweeted me and said, how can you run Britain and not come through Wales? <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. Ah, exactly. damn it. So I ended up running 40 miles and having the world's craziest lock-in in a pub. Because you can imagine yeah. if you're in Wales and you're a, and you're a landlord and, and Matt yeah. Pritchard walks through the pub door, you're like, hello. We're going to have a good night tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And um, they were like, no way, it's Pritchard. Right, right lock-in. So we had a lock-in because we only arrived there at like 10 to 11 or whatever uh, at night. And we were going to just have a pint and then sleep in the pub garden and then he was going to run to Bristol from yeah, yeah. Uh, the, from the Seven Bridge. Um, but the landlord was like, no, 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 no. Have another beer, have another beer, have another beer. <laughs> anyway, it was sort of 11, 12, 1, 2. Eventually at 3 o'clock, the landlord's like, right, guys, I'm sorry. I better go home. My wife's going to kill me. And we're like, no worries. It's cool, man. You know, we'll, Can we just sleep in the, in the garden? He's like, no, 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 no. You guys can sleep in the pub. And here's a piece of paper. Whatever you drink, just write it down and we'll uh, sort me out in the morning. <laughs> so we were drinking oh. in this pub until 5.30 in the morning um, with the oh. landlord had gone home and me, Pritchard, and another friend of mine, Jez, who was actually one of the first skipper on the swim, yeah, yeah, yeah. rocked up on his bicycle. <laughs> oh. And, um, oh, yeah, it was carnage, yeah. No, and then we got up and he was like, right, double... Double Southern Comfort. Let's uh, let's run a marathon. And him and his dog were running with me and Jez on his bicycle. And then we get to the River yeah. Seven, and there's this random French guy. Sean, how are you doing? And we're like, what? He's like, I've just hitchhiked. I've just hitchhiked for four days from France to come and run with you. Really? <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. So this oh, guy, Julien, ran with me. Um, so it's me, Julien, Matt, and my mate Jez on his bicycle ran a marathon into bristol that night and uh, <laughs> yeah what wow. a day what a day that, that's yeah that's i i can i can honestly say i've done uh my time in the military doing stuff like that as in <laughs> we used to have uh what we call co's pt commanding officers pt so on a friday we used to do uh, a bit of cross country or a group it'd be a squadron fitness session and yeah you, you probably get you probably get intoxicated just off the fumes in that sort of area at the time it's uh it's kind of, I've, i don't know if it happens nowadays but it, yeah it was quite interesting so i know how you feel it's not yeah. not ideal um so it, now obviously we talked about you've done your, your swam uh lands end john o'groats cycled and ran now 
obviously in April 2016, you went and obviously decided to do all of them and uh, basically do an ultra ultimate or ultra triathlon. Um, how was that for you? Yeah, so I enjoyed the different disciplines. So I, I kind of enjoyed swimming, cycling and running and I thought, well, maybe I should try and do them together in some sort of triathlon. Yeah. And then found out that there was an actual world record for the longest triathlon at the time. It was oh, okay. 3,500 miles, I think. So I decided to do a 4,200 mile one around the coast of Britain. Um, and yeah, it was 2016 and yeah, it's great. I, I, I loved the idea of changing disciplines and having a triathlon changeover in a bike shop and then in a hotel <laughs> for yeah. the second changeover. And yeah, and I, and I got to explore the coastline of Britain, which was just amazing. You yeah, know? because you started and, uh, in, was it Low Wolf Cove? Yeah, I started in love with Cove, yeah. Dorset, yeah. 3,500 nice. miles on the bike. Yeah, it's nice around there. It's, it's really yeah, nice. it's great. Yeah, so went down to Land's End, up the West Coast, John O'Groats, down to Scarborough, uh, changed in for the run, ran yeah. from Scarborough down, you know, around Norfolk, the Wash, Norfolk, um, yeah, yeah. and finished in Brighton eventually, and then swam from Brighton back to Lulworth Cove along the south coast, um, which up until two weeks ago was the longest self-supported swim in history. Uh, there's a German guy, Jonas Deichmann, who just broke that record off me oh, really? a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah. yeah any, anything to uh, go back and put some more money <laughs> on that? Or... No, in fact, I think he's just he's just annoyed with me because I broke his across Europe cycling world record. <laughs> I so he's trying to now break, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's now trying to break my my triathlon record. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say so. With that, obviously, you've mentioned it before, and we just brought onto it about you your across Europe cycle record. Now, I followed you on that one, and and I watched it, and I was like, geez, like. You, do, you don't have to cover some mileage. As I say, I'm not a cyclist myself, but wow, you cover some mileage in that. Now, was it 20, just under, well, just over 24 days it took you to cross? Yeah, 24 days and 18 hours, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 4,000 miles, almost bang on. Um, I think yeah. it's 15 miles short of that. Um, and, yeah, it's, I mean, the mileage is hard. It's about 170-something miles a day, which is tough, but it's not crazy difficult. Once yeah. you start hitting your 200s, that's when life gets difficult. Um, yeah. But saying that, 170 miles a day in Russia is phenomenally difficult. The yeah. headwinds, the traffic, the you know the pretty terrible road statistics for road accidents in Russia um, is is scary. You know, I think 40,000 yeah. people a year die on Russian roads and. Wow. the quality of the road was terrible so actually you know when you add that all in 170 miles a day becomes quite difficult so um yeah that's what i had to push and starting in portugal heading yeah. all the way to the ural mountains in russia which is where europe ends so you know yeah, this yeah, side yeah. of russia is 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 europe the other side is asia um, yeah, so, the ural mountains yeah so when when obviously you would have gone through multiple countries um like how was it with the language barrier to be honest, I'm I'm very very rarely having any meaningful conversations with anyone. You know, I'm living yeah. in service stations, so I'm literally queuing okay. up, running into a service station or off license equivalent or whatever. 
yeah. grabbing what I can grab, paying for it, getting back on the bike, eating on the bike. Right. Or, you know, if I couldn't eat on the bike, I'm sort of, you know, buying frozen pizzas and sitting them in the sun for 10 minutes while I drink some water wow. so that they sort of unfreeze a little bit, <laughs> you know, just whatever. And then sleeping in drain pipes under the road because, you know, yeah. you're trying to steal minutes, you know, my whole yeah. record, I only broke the record by 20 minutes a day oh, wow. uh, on the bike and 20 minutes is traffic lights if you're cycling through Germany. Be yeah, honest, exactly. You know? yeah. So you can you can lose twenty minutes of traffic lights easily. Um, so yeah, you're trying yeah. to steal minutes. So the language barrier didn't didn't matter actually. To be honest, most people just kind of ignore a smelly, hairy cyclist. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, so obviously for people who want to sort of follow that, you, they can actually follow it now on Amazon Prime, can't they? The, the you've got the, the documentary on there. Um, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, my mate Kev, my mate Kev, who I've just cycled around Snowdonia with for the last uh, last week, yeah. um, he was like, mate, if I, if me and my mate Gav, um, who has a camper van, if we followed you, would you mind if we made a documentary of it? I'm like, yeah, but you really need to know this is a world record attempt. I'm not, <laughs> I can't stop yeah. and redo stuff and go back down that yeah, hill yeah. again, and you know, none of that. You really just got to be run and gun, you know. And yeah, they were like, yeah, it'd be cool, it'd be cool. So. Um, yeah, so they just followed me in a camper van, and and <laughs> I felt really bad. So I'm camping, you know, in a drain pipe, and they were like yeah, parked yeah. up on the side of the road, and I'm getting up at three three fifty eight in the morning. So <laughs> I'd, I'd get up, get on my bike, go past the camper van, and be like, boom, 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 wake up, boys, and then I'd cycle off. <laughs> so wow. uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was great. I love having those sort of visual visual memories of of the adventures i've done so that my son later can sort of watch me and hopefully be inspired to you yeah exactly that that's that's something that i think is more important like obviously you, you can always remember your memories but obviously yeah. when we all you know when we all gone and dead and buried and what have you then obviously yeah, the only yeah. thing we have got is pictures and videos especially nowadays with the technology we have we can we can always yeah. keep a lot longer um yeah. now with you mentioned your Snowdonia, um, for people who don't know what that is, uh, the Snowdonia 360, uh, what, what, how would you describe that to people who don't know? So Snowdonia have put together a 360 mile route um, going around Snowdonia and Anglesey. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a driving route, it's a cycling route. Um, I doubt anyone will walk it, but you could walk it, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's a bit like the North Coast 500 in Scotland. Um, yep, yep. it's around Snowdonia and that's, it's phenomenal. They only did it at the beginning, beginning of the year. Yeah. Yep. Um, my mate, Kevin, and I were going to be the first people to cycle it, to cycle it, but we, uh, we missed a bit <laughs> <laughs> through my poor, 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 poor route planning on my part. To be fair. Uh, okay. Um, when I was doing the route, I followed the, the driving route instead of the cycling route on their website by mistake. So we got oh, okay. to the end of day two and realized we had missed like a 10 mile loop into the mountains. And so, ah, which means it's good. up for grabs, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, so well, there's still that. <laughs> I don't think I'll be uh, taking that on anytime soon. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think uh, I prefer the swimming than the cycling. Yeah. yeah. I'm the free disciplines. Swimming's my, my thing. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing uh, to mention, you did that actually on an e-bike, didn't you? I did on an e-bike. Yeah. I, I, I Man, I've, I've, I've been dreaming of trying to do something with Specialized forever. 
I love yeah. their bikes. I use S-Works pet, uh, shoes when I cycled around the world and gloves. Yeah. My favorite bike is my S-Works Venge, which I custom made. Oh, it's beautiful. You've got to scroll through my Instagram and see it. It's, I've got rope handlebars and it's yeah, brown. Cool. It's got leather water bottle cages. I custom built it. But anyway, they said, oh, you can loan any one of our bikes. And I, I sort yeah. of had this idea of, of try, how can we get more people into bikepacking? And I sort mm. of found out that what stops people getting into bikepacking, mainly that I found, there's loads of reasons, but the common ones that come up are, I'm not fit enough to do multiple days with a heavy touring bike and get up all the hills. Yeah. Um, I don't like camping. That's quite a common one. People don't feel yeah, comfortable yeah. camping. Um, and they don't have the time. You know, like the idea of doing bikepacking is for them like weeks out of their diary and, and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, actually, maybe an e-bike would solve that problem you know maybe it would solve that problem you know because you yeah. can get up the hills and yeah. you can do it it's you still pedal you just get there quicker um and you don't have to camp because you have to stay in a hotel to charge your bike at night so it's sort of opening up bike packing for a different sort of type of cyclist really and i have to say yeah, i was blown yeah. away by it i was blown away by the different how different it is you know normally when you bike packing you know every town you go in you're like is the next bit hilly? You know, everyone you meet, you're like, oh, is it hilly between here and there? And yeah. uh, But with an e-bike, you just don't care. And actually, with some, yeah. on the last day, it snowed, and there was this amazing yeah. pass yeah. up off to our left, which was off route. Um, and you, <laughs> I actually missed it and then turned around and went back up it. And okay. if you look on my tracking map. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was a no-brainer. Like, it was steep and gravelly, which, I have to be honest, if I was on a fully laden touring bike, I probably wouldn't have done it because yeah. I don't think I would have got up there, to be fair. But on an yeah. e-bike, you're like, brilliant, I'm going to take the back road that's steep and gnarly. So it, it kind of changes. Yeah. You're all of a sudden doing a more exploration-type challenge than a physical one. Am yeah. I going to only do e-bike touring from now on? No, of course not. I love no. my tra no. traditional bikepacking. Yeah. But I just wanted to sort of answer the question. Just try it out. Could you do it? And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who yeah. would really enjoy e-bikepacking. People who... Yeah who maybe have injuries as well, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or, or less able people. I think yeah. it'd be great. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, but I was going to say, you know, if you'd have done your cross Europe cycle with your e-bike, that wouldn't have been valid though, would it? No. And actually it wouldn't have been much quicker because e-bikes turn yeah. off at 15 miles an hour anyway. So oh, right, okay. yeah, you, there's, I mean, it would have been quicker of course on the Hills, but um, no, of course not. No, there's, e-bike sections on Strava nowadays, even. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, I've, I've just got a few few more things to ask you, mate. Um, like I said, I don't want to keep you. I know you're a busy man. I don't want to keep you all day. Yeah, um, I've got to pick up my son in, in nursery in five minutes, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, really? Um, no, no worries. I'll, I'll, um, I'll just skip through the last few things then. Um, now, obviously, I, I, I'm doing a lot of things with mental health and stuff like that, and obviously for people who aware of what you do a lot of it you do self-supported and and you know by yourself and um, how does that how do you keep yourself kind of like positive and how do you keep going knowing that you've got really no one kind of with you to talk to or, or anything like that i don't know i'm quite good at it i'm quite good at being alone i quite enjoy it I, I think it's maybe hereditary my dad is a bit of a loner as well so maybe that's where i get it from but for me, yeah. I'm going for a world record here. You know, this is not me just going out on a jolly or, or a ride or yeah. going on holiday. You know, I'm trying to get become, you know, the fastest at something or do the world's first. And that in itself is enough of a carrot at the end of the stick to kind of keep me going when things are tough, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, last last question. What's next for you, Mr. Conway? <laughs> well, I was meant to do a big project this year, which has been cancelled. And yeah, it was kind so. of sl- slightly weather dependent. So it's looking like I maybe have missed next year as well. It was quite a long one, um, eight months to nine to ten months. Mm. Um, so I might be 2022 now. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I'm just enjoying being a new dad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get to, you know, go and pick up my son at nursery now and, and you know, while my, my wife's working, which I wouldn't have been able to do had I been away. So um, yeah. at the moment, no immediate plans, um, yeah. still training, but yeah, working on this big project, which is hopefully end of next year or early 2022 now. Oh, awesome. Um, like I said, I'm going to thank you very much for, for your time, Sean. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come and come and talk to me. Um, for people who want to keep in touch with your travels or your future adventures, et cetera, uh, where can they find you on? Uh, probably Instagram's the thing I use yep. the most. Uh, Sean Conway Adventure on Instagram or seanconway.com. And uh, I noticed you got two of my books behind you there. And they're, uh-huh. they're actually the, they're the old school the old school covers yeah that's, that's impressive man. yeah you're a, yeah. you're a, yeah you were in there early those are pretty yeah, rare yeah. nowadays to find those covers are pretty rare <laughs> yeah i I've, i don't know how they got there i think they just stay yeah I, 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 I snuck them in there <laughs> <laughs> uh, like i said thank you very much sean um i really appreciate it uh, as i say i'll put links in the description so you can uh, keep an eye on what you're doing and um, for people who want to keep on with uh, myself uh thank you very much uh, taking the time um if i don't catch you soon i'll catch you on the flip side <laughs>